Welcome to the podcast for North Decatur Presbyterian Church. We are a Presbyterian USA congregation located in Decatur, Georgia. You can find out more information about the church, our service to the community, and our great education programs for children, youth, and adults at ndpc.org. And you can follow us on Facebook. If you're in the Atlanta area, we hope you'll come and join us in person. That's it. On to this week's scripture and sermon. Well, throughout this season of Advent, throughout the four weeks of December, we have been talking about one of the big ideas of the Bible. Does anyone remember what that idea is? What's this month's idea? Freedom. Yes. We use the word liberation or freedom. And a few weeks ago, we talked about the Exodus story. Do you remember we watched that movie, that scene of God parting the waters and leading God's people to freedom? And we wondered whether God didn't also weep for the Egyptians on the shore, whether our freedom has to come at the expense of others' freedom. And then two weeks ago, Rob reminded us that there is in every one of us an upwelling of God's Spirit that comes to our lips as liberation songs, just like Mary sang, My soul magnifies the Lord. And then last week we talked about Jesus who came and said, I come to bring good news to the poor, which also it turns out is good news to the rich, right? It reconciles us together. So all this freedom talk we've been doing all month long, we're going to talk about one more thing today, which is this little precious question, am I free? Are you free? Am I free? Are we free? Our scripture reading today is from the letter to the Galatians. It's just one single verse, so listen closely or you might miss it. We've been saying it all month long as our assurance of grace. Hear these words. Christ has set us free for freedom. Stand firm and do not submit to the bondage of slavery again. In Christ we are forgiven, loved, and free. Let the people say, Amen. Are you free? What a simple and beguiling little question to hold in front of us on this day. Whether or not you feel free... The truth is that you all who are sitting here today are some of the most free people who have ever lived on the face of the earth. Our system of laws, right, guarantees those of you who are sitting in this room your basic rights. It it, it presumes to guarantee the dignity of every human being. Our outrage when our neighbor's rights are violated gives me hope that we still hold out the idea that the protection and the freedom of the law belongs to every person. We choose our own rulers in this country, more or less. We speak our own minds, more or less. We keep our property, more or less. Politically, we are pretty free. You are also free from from material want in ways that previous generations of human beings could not have even imagined. You flip a switch and the lights go on. You, you press a button, the heat goes on in wintertime. There's running water that comes out of your tap. 
Your pantries are full. Your fridges are full. You don't worry about drought or famine. You have an education, most of you. I think all of you, you've read books. Most of you have thought at least one great thought in your lives. You have more information sitting right now in your phone, in your pocket, that was previously contained at all the libraries in the world. You're free to move about the world. You're free to travel. You're free to pick up and start over if you need to. Your life knows few geographic boundaries. And when it comes to God, you are free. You're free to believe in God or not. You're free to trust God or not. You're free to worship God or sit at home and watch people flip houses on HGTV. Don't don't tell me you haven't thought about it. You are some of the most free people who have ever lived on the face of the earth. Yeah, except the problem is we don't feel free much of the time. I don't wake up each day declaring, thank God I'm completely free today. What happens to our freedom? It turns out that freedom is much more complicated than simply being free from external constraints. Some of the most vexing obstacles to our freedom and liberation are not external obstacles at all. They are, in fact, inside of us. We are slaves, some of us, to this thing we call the ego. If our inner self never quite fully matures, it ends up acting out our whole life long. We end up terrified by the world around us, keeping our lives to too familiar habits. Our immature egos might act out and try to turn the world and everyone else in it into objects to meet our unmet needs. Our still-developing egos can be sources of our own enslavement. And the world is full of uncertainty. You know that. I don't have to tell you this morning. And for some of us, we experience so much anxiety. Freedom seems to bring with it this anxiety. What will this president do next, we wonder? And what will happen with this steadily warming planet of ours? Do I make enough right now to live in the way that I want and need to live? Why is my body full of these aches and pains? Am I dying? My children, I love them. Can I protect them from life's woundings? And why are my relationships so hard? Why am I with someone but still feel alone? Is there something wrong with me? Am I lovable? Does my life matter at all? Maybe some of those questions overlap with some of your own questions. You are free. In many deep and significant ways, you are free. But the nature of the precariousness of our lives the precariousness of the self in the world can become its own kind of imprisonment. With these internal prisons, there is no obvious enemy. 
sometimes the one oppressing us is us. So I'll ask you again, are you free? The truth is that some of us, when confronted with the possibility of our own freedom in the world, decide to give it back. When you're free, right, when you're free, when you're truly free, you're also responsible. When you're free, you have to accept responsibility for the moral dimensions of every one of your choices. You have to accept responsibility for the effects of every one of your decisions, the ways that they impact the lives of others. And some of us, the truth is, some of us don't want that kind of responsibility. We decide instead to let other people tell us how to live. We we farm out our freedom and give it away. Ideologies are a great way to give our freedom away. Surely, right, surely if I pledge allegiance to God and flag and football and the free market, I no longer have to ask what is good. Some of us give away our freedom by just going along to get along, by doing what the Joneses are doing. If we do that, no one will think we're strange as long as we blend in and ignore our conscience. And some of us, Some of us will just beat a retreat into smaller and smaller private worlds, hiding behind screens and locked doors. We will slink away from responsibility for our life and for our life together. Free people do give their freedom away every day. And there is always someone out there who is eager to take it. One of the best illustrations that I've ever come across of this phenomenon is from the great Russian novelist Fyodor Dostoevsky. There is a story within a story in the Brothers Karamazov about the Grand Inquisitor and Christ. The way Dostoevsky sets the story, Christ returns to earth during the Spanish Inquisition. The church promptly imprisons him. The Inquisitor comes and meets Christ in the prison and makes the case to Christ that that he deserves to be in prison because he is guilty of betraying God's people. Jesus, the Inquisitor says, Jesus, you had all the power in the world at your disposal. With it, you could have made people happy. You could have fed us with endless bread. You could have dazzled us with miracles. You could have kept us safe from harm. You could have kept us from suffering, Jesus. But instead, you gave us none of these things. The Inquisitor says to Jesus, all you gave us was freedom. All you gave us was the freedom to become ourselves. The freedom to choose the path of love for and service to our neighbors. You've done an awful thing, the Inquisitor says. You gave us people, weak, vicious, worthless, rebellious people, a gift that we could not use. 
In Dostoevsky's story, Christ does not respond. Christ kisses the Inquisitor on the cheek and then silently slips away into the night. And the Inquisitor threatens him, never return again. But the Spirit of Christ does not go away. It lurks. It lingers. It creeps, sometimes around the edges of our world, showing up in the strangest places, right? Showing up in unexpected places, in otherwise abandoned places. The Spirit of Christ could even be here in this room. It could be in our community. It could be lurking in the corner of your own life. And what does this Spirit of Christ do when it shows up? It beckons us. It invites us to choose the way of freedom. Jesus' story The story of the life of Jesus the Christ at its heart is the story of a single human being who accepts responsibility for his own life. Jesus does not deny the particular circumstances of his birth. He is poor, he is Jewish, he was born under imperial occupation, but nor does he allow his life to be fully determined by those circumstances. He perceives that there is indeed something bigger, something grander at work within him and around him. Remember again, in in that, that pivotal moment, that defining moment of Jesus' life to which the Inquisitor refers when Jesus is still determining who he's going to be. Nothing about his life is yet set. And he's sent to the desert, to that, that place of clarifying freedom. And he is tempted there by Satan to use his life force, to build himself up, to make, to make us dependent on him. And Jesus refuses. Why? Because Jesus senses. He knows even in that moment that his calling is to love us. And love never coerces. Love never removes the freedom of the beloved. It woos. It beckons. It invites, and it calls. From that moment in the desert on, Jesus will show us the difficult, sometimes unbearable path of love and freedom. He heals the sick. He blesses the outcasts, restoring them into community. He feeds the hungry with good things and returns rightful dignity to those who are poor. He practices justice and generosity and mercy upon mercy. Jesus becomes a free person. And with his freedom, he chooses love. His love takes on our burdens, the burdens of the world, yours and mine. 
And not even death can hold this freedom. On resurrection day, the the spirit of the risen Christ was loosed into the world where it remains to this day. The spirit of love and freedom still plays in the world. It still dances in the world. It beckons and invites you. It never coerces you. It says, come, come and follow. In her remarkable novel, Beloved, Toni Morrison calls freedom a place where you can love anything you choose. Freedom is a place where you can love anything you choose. Friends, Christ has set you free for that kind of freedom. May you wake up on Christmas Day, on every day, rejoicing in the freedom that you have to love what God loves, to love yourself, love every square inch of your body, every hair on your head, to love your neighbor, even the most annoying one, to love your neighbor, to love every creature and every plant, every watershed and every cloud and particle of soil, to love every inch of the creation. God loves it all, and so might you. I will ask you one last time Are you free? May the freedom and the love of God through Jesus Christ be a gift you can use this Christmas and always and forever. Let the people say, Amen.